This is episode 268. Stop fearing upsetting other people, especially your parents, with Kylie. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And here we are at the end of October, 10 months into 2020. What a year this has been. It's felt like an interesting mix of going really, really slow, like waking up and going, what day is it? Tuesday? Friday? What month is it? Where am I? And flying by. And in all of that, there's been so much intensity. And there's also been a lot of beauty. And I want you to know that if you have experienced a lot of wonderful things this year, that's nothing to feel guilty about. If it hasn't been your hardest year yet, it's nothing to feel guilty about. If it was everyone's hardest year, we'd really be screwed. (laughs) It's actually helpful that for some people, this has been a really difficult year. And for other people, it's actually been kind of okay, even amazing. Because then you can really help bring people through this massive transition year just by energetically being grateful for what you have. Again, if we were all down in the dumps, it would be hard to shift the collective consciousness. And if this has been a really intense year for you, you are not alone. That is absolutely for sure. And I know, because I've been there, it can be so hard to trust that things really are happening for your highest good and that you will get out of it when it seems like everything is falling apart. And you can feel really angry at the world, at other people, at yourself. You can feel really hopeless. You can feel just all the feels. And again, from being there myself and coaching so many people through that point, I just really want you to know that it is going to be okay. I don't know when things will shift for you personally, but I assure you, if you go in, if you do your inner work, if you make time to connect with a higher power and higher vibrational feelings every day, even just moving into the feeling of acceptance. I don't like what's going on. It's not my preference, but I'm going to stop fighting with reality. And I'm just going to accept that I'm learning things here and continuing to ask the question, what am I learning versus why is this happening? If you need a little extra assistance from me, I have a new guided talk in the app Calm. It's regarding expectation hangovers in relationships. And when I was recording, it really took me back to one of the lowest times in my life when I was engaged and my fiance broke up with me and I was in debt and things were not good with my family and I was really sick and I had left my job and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And hindsight is 2020. And now I look back on on it and go, oh my gosh, even though that was the one time in my life where I was actually suicidal, I didn't ever attempt it, but I had those thoughts of just not wanting to be here anymore. 
And it really did turn out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. It was a huge pivot point. It had me take a really honest, hard, yet compassionate look at myself and what I was creating in my life. And we all have the invitation this year to really look. Everything is coming out of the shadows. Well, not everything yet, but we're hoping more and more and more we're able to shift a lot of things that have been so unhealthy in our world for so, so, so many years. And in order for that to happen externally, we each as individuals and as sovereign beings have to look internally at our own shadows, at the ways inside that we judge and oppress and abuse ourselves. And I know looking at that can be hard, but it's so worthwhile. And you know, any way I can help you do that through this podcast, through joining my personal mastery program, there's going to be other invitations coming for you all soon. You know, I'm, I'm here for that. And just know you're in my prayers. All of you are in my prayers every day. And I encourage you to, to pray. Even if you don't believe in God, can you believe in love? Can you believe in the power of the universe? And if the word pray doesn't work for you, how about talk to the universe? How about set intentions? Feel into what you desire and don't fear asking for it. So this episode today is going to be useful for so many of you. And as so many of you tell me, you never think the episode title is going to resonate with you. And then you listen and you're like, oh, wow, there really was something for me in that. That's how connected we all are as humans. There's always something for each and every one of us in these episodes. So I coach Kylie, who is wanting to develop a more authentic relationship with her mother, who, for lack of a better word, is kind of emotionally shut down. So she wants this connection, and we talk about how she can have a more authentic relationship, even if her mom isn't doing the work. So as you're listening to this call, consider... Do you walk on eggshells a little bit or have anxiety when it comes to one or both of your parents or even anyone in your life? Do you often feel yourself contorting into what you think someone wants you to be so that you don't upset someone? Do you often feel like you're growing at a faster rate than your parents? Like you've actually outgrown your parents and you're not quite sure how to have a relationship with them. And finally, Are you authentic and sovereign in your relationships or do you tend to give your power away? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to this coaching call with Kylie. Kylie, welcome to the show. What's your question? So I think that the best way to phrase this is that I've been doing a lot of personal growth work over the last, I'd say, six years. And the one thing that has been my biggest teacher, my biggest challenge, and also um, in that my biggest gift is my relationship to my mom. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's been challenging for me is because we're both very, I would say, avoidant. Mm -hmm. And we're also both really tenderhearted. So we, we deeply want to love and each other and be together, but we are very avoidant. So we rarely Mm -hmm. talk, even though we live quite close to each other. Mm. The relationship has been growing over the last couple of years, especially within like the last year or so, which is great. But I would love to know from you, even maybe specifically from your own life experience, 
how, if I'm doing all this personal growth work and trying to become a sovereign adult, how do I go about developing this authentic relationship with my mom that allows her to also be a sovereign adult where we're not so avoidant slash also enmeshed? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit. And here's something to consider is that it takes two to build that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. So when one person is really doing their work and working to clear patterns and karma and all those kinds of things, if the other person really isn't, then it becomes lopsided. And so to create a vision for a relationship that requires the other person to do their work can sometimes leave you with a massive expectation hangover. So we'll, we'll get to that, but I have a little Mm -hmm. unpacking to do with you first. So tell me a little bit about, well, how old are you now? Roughly? 30. I just turned 30. Okay. And so this is really the time. You know, you're in your Saturn return, especially for women in our late 20s, early 30s. That's when we really start to individuate, discover who we truly are, and in a lot of ways decide if we want to follow the road that mom paved or take a different path. And Mm -hmm. so you're right on track with that. Tell me a little bit about your history with your mom. What was it like growing up? Yeah. So I guess growing up, um, my parents divorced when I was six and that was like a very, I guess you could call it like whatever the best divorce situation could be. That was how it was because they're both very loving and non-confrontational, but also very passive, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then she remarried and then divorced again. Uh, so she's in her third marriage. And I think that a lot of what you know, with what she's done in relationship has helped me figure out what I don't want. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have almost like stuck a stake in the ground to be like, well, I'm not going to follow the path that my mom and my sister and my other sister, they're all nurses and they all kind of, yeah, I could go obviously elaborate on that. But I think that she and I looking back on it, trying to be objective, I think when I was really young, I was like her, her little baby that she really held close to her. Mm -hmm. And and loved so much. And it's almost like I have this feeling that when I stopped needing her, it was uncomfortable for her to um, care for me in Mm. a way, I guess. How so? How did that show up? It was almost like, I don't know, there's probably part of me feels bad even like, because like, I love my mom, right? Like Mm. she's, she hasn't done anything wrong, but just like when I was growing up, it was maybe like, as I became a teenager, if there was like an invitation to go hang out with a friend, she would, she would almost like say, well, you're, are you going to leave me at home by myself? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to go hang out with your friends? Mm -hmm. And then, so I would stay, I would stay, I would stay. And then whenever I left, I started to feel like, oh, well maybe, you know, she, she doesn't love me anymore. Even though I knew that wasn't true. It kind of felt like, oh, maybe I, she maybe felt like I was abandoning her. So then she closed off a little bit. So there's a little bit of the, and you know, I don't love to use labels, but they just sum things up in a word. So that sounds like there's the codependent patterning. Yes. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. And tell me a little bit about what she's like in relationship from your point of view and the marriages. Yeah. Um, very, I would say, um, maybe avoidant, uh, like, for example, I've never seen her get into an argument or conversation with like a, like a heated conversation really with any three of her partners. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more so in this third marriage, she's been more vocal, but like, it would always be, Oh, 
I'm upset. So I'm going to leave a letter on their pillow. I'm going to write a note and, and give it to them. Like it was always in handwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, or she'd just leave the house if they were coming home, you know? So I I saw a lot of avoidance, I think. Okay. And how does the avoidance show up in your relationship with her now? With her? Mm -hmm. Um, we will, like, we will go maybe a month or two without talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And then, um, it will take my boyfriend suggesting like, Hey, why don't you ask your mom and stepdad if they want to go to dinner? And then I'll be like, I'll get all nervous and like, type out like three drafts of a text message. Cause we don't call each other. We'll just text back and forth. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll reach out and then, you know, if it, it will either work out or it won't. And when we're in, in, um, person together, I would say maybe like we phrase the, our words really carefully and mm-hmm. we don't fully let ourselves go, you know, like we don't fully let ourselves like be ourselves in front mm. of each other. And what makes you nervous about the text? Mm. I'm constantly worried. I think from a very young age, I've been worried about how I'm going to make her feel. How, mm-hmm. how is she going to receive this? Um, and to give you an example that might really help, like when I first applied to um, talk to you, the reason that I did was because the same thing kept popping up where my mom would invite me to like go on a vacation or something, or even come to like Saturday night dinner. And I would have to decline because it just didn't feel in alignment with my schedule or with my life, what what I'm doing. And I would be in like completely paralyzed with this like deep fear and, and shame and guilt that I was going to disappoint her. And that has been a reoccurring um, issue that I've I've gradually been getting better at, mm-hmm. meaning less affected by. But mm-hmm. it's it, it's the root problem mm-hmm. for me. And I know that you've, especially doing six years of personal development work, you've probably unpacked this and felt feelings about this and done your work around it because the relationship with the mother is a really big one. <laughs> mm-hmm. What have you come up with? in terms of, well, two things, how your impact, how your relationship with your mom is impacting a lot of these patterns that you're talking about. And secondly, like why your soul chose her as a mom. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely have, um, been thinking about these things more and more recently, especially like you said, being 30 and kind of really getting into my body and feeling like a woman instead of a little girl. I guess the way that that her relationship has affected me and and my development and my healing, I think that's the first question you asked, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, it's caused me to be so present with my own feelings and not avoid them. And my partner has played a huge role in that because he does not allow me to run Mm -hmm. from him, (laughs) (laughs) which is really challenging, but really, really great. Uh, I love that. um, Yeah. Well, and that says a lot, right? Because you've attracted a partner who um, isn't avoidant. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Let's just, let's just be curious about this. Do you think that you truly are avoidant or do you think this could just be mm, sort of something you're working out with your mom in this lifetime and it's almost Mm. more a protective strategy or do you really think you're avoidant? 
I mean, right away when you said that it was like a full body, no, like mm-hmm. I'm not avoidant at all. Like I want to go deep. I want to go yeah. like everyone else I meet. I am, I yeah. instantly go intimate and yeah. deep. It's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was the feeling I was getting from you too, because in, in all the questions I've asked you, <laughs> there's, there's no shame. There's no hiding. There's no deflecting. There's not even, you know, I know this is a difficult subject, but I don't have to pull it out of you. And mm-hmm. so I think that you're engaged in more of a protective and, it, and words are important, right? So I think you're engaged in more of a protective dynamic with mom than necessarily an avoidant. And so let, let me just kind of go back for a second. When your parents divorced at six, even though it was a non-confrontational divorce, do you think that your mom was upset about it? Mm, good question. Um, I think that what's so odd is that it, it almost seemed like my mom was always upset mm-hmm. until she had something to be excited about. And and sort of when she d- divorced my dad, she had someone else already. Mm-hmm. So she was excited. It seemed that she was excited for like the next thing. And that has shown up in my life too, where it's like, I need something to be excited about, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I can definitely have empathy looking back at, at, she must've been upset. I mean, she must've been confused and, and she had two, two kids. So I'm sure she had feelings about that. And were you the oldest or the youngest? Youngest. And who are you more like your mom or your dad? My mom. You are. How are you like her? Well, that, now that you say that, it's like, well, the last couple of years I've, I've realized, oh shit, that's like, sorry, can I swear? Yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a lot like my dad as well, yeah. but I guess when it comes to being like my mom, I just, I notice like remnants of tendencies yeah. of, um, uh, being, being small, like trying to be small so that other people don't feel embarrassed, but, but I don't think that's you. I think I that's know, it's I know. not. So here's my my hunch. And you tell okay. me because you're really in tune with your body and you know if something's resonant or not. So a lot of times parents can have this kind of avoidant, weird relationship with the child. If the child triggers an unowned, unseen aspect of themselves. So you seem very heart-centered emotional, not in the sense that you can't manage your emotions, but you feel deeply, you're empathetic, you're loyal, you open your heart, you can let people in. And she doesn't seem to really be able to get there inside herself. She does better kind of in Fort Knox, having a lot of control, doesn't want to get too intimate, moves from one relationship to the next. And I think you you trigger a part of her that she hasn't been able to embody in this life yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. Can I share something also that I thought of when you said that? Um, because when I think of my mom, it's really strange where, and I'm sure you have the perfect way to explain this to me. So she's a, she's a nurse and she works with oncology patients and she, she gravitates towards like very painful experiences. And she, um, is so great at showing up for and being intimate in those settings. And Mm -hmm. she's like known for being one of the best nurses, you know, at the hospital. And she loves like 
crying with people when, when they're sick and when they're sad. And she's great at that. And she knows how to go there. Does that make sense? But then when it's like with me or with happiness or, or if it's just like day to day, like holding space mm -hmm. for just monotony or, or daily life, it seems more difficult. Yep. Makes perfect sense. So it seems to me in those situations where she's going with someone who's going through a difficult time or is approaching death, she has more control, if that makes sense. She knows the situation and it takes an extreme condition to get her heart to open. Mm -hmm. And so in the day-to-day -day and in the more intimate, because when she's the nurse, that's her role. So mm -hmm. even though she can be vulnerable and her tears can come up, or maybe she can be intimate and her tears can come up, she's not really sharing about her, right? The focus is on the patient. So right. it's almost like she's feeling her feelings through that event versus when it comes to her really being seen and being intimate. And this is very true for avoidance, people that have that avoidant attachment style. They, in their most intimate relationships, and I would say mother to daughter is a very intimate relationship, they really don't mm -hmm. want to be seen, which is why it makes sense that when you really needed her when you were really little, that put her more in that nursing, nursing role. She knew her role. She knew what she was there to do. She connected to you through taking care of you. But right. when it came to connecting to you through getting to know you, really understanding your needs, being intimate and vulnerable herself. That's where she doesn't really know how because of whatever her wounding was and whatever mm -hmm. guard she had to put over her heart. So it's like she can do the caretaker role, but other than that, it's more challenging for her. Mm -hmm. Does that land? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be important in your relationship with her that you don't mirror that caretaking role. And how you don't betray yourself and potentially help her soul grow is to as much as you can be unapologetically you. Send the text without overthinking it. Say mm -hmm. the things that you want to say. And you, you're, you're not mean. It's not like you're going to say things to her that are deliberately hurtful, but you may say and do a few things that rock the boat. And that's okay if it's coming from love and it's coming from authenticity. Again, this isn't a permission slip to just do whatever you want to trigger her, but I know you're not going to do that anyway. It's more of an encouragement to stop editing yourself to conform to a relationship dynamic that was set up when you were a child and didn't have as much power that you're still playing out. And that's part of sovereignty and that's part of individuating is we start to break the patterns that were set up when we were children that really our parents drove. You know, we didn't have as much awareness, autonomy, or sovereignty when we we're children and we're dependent. It's like, I, I have to be a people pleaser, otherwise I get in trouble or I get hit or I get left. You know, these are the things that children have to consider. But as adults, we part of that individuation and process and part of becoming a healthier person and having healthier relationships is rocking the boat and breaking some of those patterns. 
Otherwise, you're just continue. You're just going to continue to play out the pattern you had to get in as a little girl to survive. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, yeah. And there can't be any attachment to how she's going to react. So that's your work. Your mm-hmm. work is like it's got to be okay for you if she's upset. And I know it's going <laughs> to sting, and I know it's not going to feel very good. Otherwise, you'll just grow to resent her. Yeah. And I know you don't want to do that either. So that's why it's going to be really important to – because how we change a relationship with anyone is we change the patterns within ourselves. And you've got a little girl in there who doesn't want to make a mom uncomfortable, who doesn't want to push mom's intimacy buttons, who doesn't want to upset mom, and you're giving your mom a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And in the process, disempowering yourself. Yeah. And I know that you can have compassion for her and you love her and she's a good person, but that doesn't excuse contorting yourself into a pretzel and dimming your light and not being authentic at all. So mm-hmm. what's coming up for you as I'm saying all this? Well, I just, I have my hand on my heart right now and I'm just breathing really deeply, just letting this all land Mm -hmm. because I mean, within the last year, I think I've, those, those things that you've been saying, you know, that I have to make those decisions and send those text messages and rock, be able to rock the boat. I've been taking those steps and they've been so scary and I think that I just haven't let myself be proud of myself for, for doing that and knowing like that I love my mom and I can love her and be myself. Mm -hmm. And so everything you're saying is just really, really supportive. So I'm really, really grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, this is where in a lot of ways, even though we pick our parents, we often have soul contracts with our parents. So part of what you may be doing in this lifetime is by you opening up and you being authentic and you not hiding from difficult conversations, because that was another theme is (laughs) there's not confrontational conversations. There's more maybe passive aggressiveness or manipulation or just sweeping things under the rug. And nobody is happy living that way. It's, it's a way to hide and it's a way to avoid intimacy. And so by you really speaking your truth and having those care frontations, which is a beautiful <laughs> reframe of confrontations, mm. it's giving her soul and self permission to maybe do the same. We can't have any attachment to that, but in so many ways we can be our parents' teacher, not by trying to change them or trying to teach them. And this is really important for you and everybody listening. It's important that we keep our rightful place in the family, that we don't parent our parents, which so many of us do, Mm -hmm. but we can still teach them through example, through breaking a lot of patterns, because even though they may want to keep us in the pattern they set up, on a soul level, they probably want to break free of it too. And when they see their child doing it, sometimes it can encourage a parent to start doing their own work. Again, 
no guarantees and can't be attached to it. But it sounds like your mom has led a life where the only time she really lets down her guard is in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be amazing if she could learn to start letting down her guard with the people she's actually closest to? Yes. Yeah. But again, we can't- No attachment. No attachment. (laughs) But what you can do is just be you. And I'd encourage you, it sounds like you have a very supportive boyfriend. Um, Mm -hmm. What's his name? First name? Dalton. Dalton. So you can just be like, look, Dalton, or whatever you call him. Love. (laughs) Um, Love. Okay. So maybe have him listen to this and say, love, like I, when you see me slipping back into my pattern, uh, contorting and shrinking, twisting myself into a pretzel or however you want to say it with my mom, maybe you guys... I love code words, you know, when you just have a conversation and you pick one word that sums up what the other person is supposed to remind you of. So it's a lot easier to say something like, I don't know, plant than it is. Remember what Christine (laughs) said in that podcast about your mom, you know? So I'm just looking at a plant. I don't know why it was so hard to think of a word in that moment. (laughs) I was going to say banana, but I'm like, oh no, that's too phallic. We can't use that one. So we'll use plant. Um, So... Because he can be, again, it's for you, but I know sometimes these things are hard. And if we have a loving, healthy partner that can be our accountability person, that can help in some ways. Oh, yeah. Does that feel like it would be helpful? Definitely. It's It It has been, yeah, he's not afraid to call me out, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's always a great reminder. Yeah. So if you're trying to, f- you know, figure out the why, yeah, a lot of this is because basically in in this lifetime, well, let me ask you, why do you think your soul chose her as your mom? Mm. I have thought about this before and I don't know that I've landed on an answer other than it's, it's truly the one thing that has been causing me to like search for myself and, and I'm willing to go there because I almost have to, because it's like been such a it's like I'm breaking out of something, if right. that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. So maybe one of the things you're really here to learn is sovereignty, which is a really important lesson for 2020 in general. And, you know, part of what sovereignty is, is not giving our power away. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've given some of your power away. So it sounds Definitely. like you chose a, you know, difficult, but rather gentle way of learning how to like not contort to appease another. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you, that, that you helped me find that answer because when I look at it through that lens, it helps me make future decisions knowing that that is, um, like, Oh, if it say that that was my purpose here on this planet was to learn how to be sovereign, then how would I make this decision based on that filter? That's so helpful. Exactly. Exactly. Like I know one of my lessons in this lifetime, and if you listen to Saturday's Coach's Corner with Ainsley McLeod, who unpacked some of my past life things, um, I know one of my lessons in this lifetime is empowerment. So a lot of decisions I make is, okay, how am I giving my power away? And how do I really need to make this choice from an empowered place? So that can look like 
asking too many people for an answer rather than trusting myself, saying yes to something a doctor wants me to do without really checking in. Those are just like little tiny examples. It's bigger and more intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. But I love that you highlighted that, Kylie, because it's such a – it gives us altitude on a situation. And mm-hmm. it it helps us – if you can look at your dynamics with your mom and things that come up, she sends you a text or something triggers you, you could say, okay, if I'm learning sovereignty – which isn't a, I'm better than other people, or I'm a lone wolf in the world. Sovereignty is really about like trusting ourselves and being our own person. And it doesn't mean we're rebellious and we don't take into consideration other people, but it it does mean that we follow the truth of our heart. And so Mm. if you can, and the vibration of sovereignty I really like to think of sort of the king and queen archetype. Again, it's not a better than. It's not that when we're sovereign, we rule over other people. The true archetype of a king and queen is not ruling over other people and being corrupt leaders. It's really about having this ability to see what's best for everyone and to really make choices from that place. And if you feel into the healthy energy of a queen, for example, whose throne isn't any lower than a king's, if you feel into that healthy energy, it's like your back gets straight, your chest opens, you can speak more from your heart. And, and it just, can you feel that? Can you feel the energetic of sovereignty as we're talking? Yes, absolutely. I wish you could see me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel you. So imagine responding to a text or being at a dinner from that place. Mm, Yeah. 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 Does this help? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Good. And so in terms of that question of, you know, how do I develop an authentic relationship, be authentic. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sometimes the most simple things are the most profound. (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you, Kylie, for your honesty and your authenticity and your vulnerability. So Kylie's initial question was how to develop a more authentic relationship with her mom. Her parents divorced when she was around six. Her mom's now in her third marriage. Kylie's in a relationship of her own and is really individuating as a woman and is trying to figure out how to have a grown-up relationship with her parent. And this is a very common thing. Maybe someday I'll write a book on how to have a grown-up relationship with your parent. Because I think at any age, it usually starts in late 20s, early 30s, but I know people in their 50s who are still trying to navigate, how do I have an adult relationship with my parents and break free of a lot of the patterns that were set up in my childhood? Because when we are an adult, that's really when we come into sovereignty. You know, Our parents raise us and or parent or whoever raises us and they you know are our authority figure and we are dependent on them as children we can't care for ourselves and we're not supposed to and so we're sort of subjected to whatever patterns they imprint upon us and since we're sponges as children we absorb a lot of the way they do things and the way they feel their emotions and the way they relate and we learn as children to adapt to that and to be whoever we think we need to be, to be safe, to be loved, to be protected, so on and so forth. Then as adults, and as we step into sovereignty and we're not dependent on our parents and we really are 
dependent on ourselves, we have to look at, whoa, 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 wait a second. This relational dynamic that was set up when I was dependent and I had no sovereignty and no power, do I still want to play that out? I'm going to let that land with you for a moment. Really think about that. The patterns that were set up in your parental dynamic, either with one or both of your parents, when they were set up, you had no choice in the matter. Today, you do. Do you still want to keep playing out the patterns that were imposed and imprinted on you as a child, as an adult? Or do you really want to individuate and have a more healthy adult relationship with one or both of your parents? Now, that may involve upsetting them. And that was a big lesson for Kylie in this episode. I was encouraging her, be authentic. Don't over edit your texts. When that nervousness comes in, just know that that's really about, I don't want mom to be mad. And that she's got the imprint of avoiding confrontation, or like I like to say, carefrontation. And so that nervousness is a signal to her, oh wow, I'm, I'm back in the pattern. I'm trying to do what mom wants me to do. I'm avoiding speaking my truth. And so it's a good alarm system for her to really be authentic. And after a while, she may not be nervous about the communication. And it comes with not being afraid to upset mom. And this is the toughest thing about boundaries. And those of you who've been longtime listeners have heard me say this multiple times. When setting boundaries, you cannot wait to do it until you're sure the other person won't be upset. The other person being upset is often... (laughs) very commonly a side effect of setting boundaries because you're changing the rules. You're not playing into the pattern that often that person has set up and is comfortable in. So you're rocking the boat. And Kylie can see that this relationship with her mother is teaching her so many things. It's teaching her to be present with her own feelings and to not be so non-confrontational, which is why when she said she was avoidant, I was like, I don't really feel you as avoidant. I don't think you have that or that attachment style. I think it's more a protective thing. You've seen your mom avoiding confrontation and speaking her authentic truth over and over again. And so you just do that with her. It's something you've adopted. It's not really who you are. And her mom, as she shared, she can open up and be vulnerable with patience, but with the people that she loves and that are closest to her, she can't. And that's very common of avoidance. And so it's not Kylie's job to mother her mother. We don't want to parent our parents. Again, we don't want to parent our parents or be their coach or be their teacher. Yet often when we shift patterns and we start stepping into that sovereignty and changing the dynamic, or at least changing ourselves, and often the dynamic is impacted by that, then often a parent or whoever we're in this relational dynamic with will shift. But we can't be attached to that. We have to really, really do it for ourselves. It's another thing for all you people pleasers, those of you who have some codependent patterns, boundaries and and shifting relational dynamics, you have to let go of being attached to the person changing or the relationship changing. And Kylie really wants an authentic relationship with her mother And that may or may not be possible, but she can have an authentic relationship within herself with her mother. Whether her mother shows up authentically, who knows? That's really up to her mom. The final thing I want to say about this is 
Sometimes a parent can avoid intimacy with a child if the child triggers something in them that they're afraid to access within themselves. So my impression of Kylie is she's sensitive. She probably would call herself an empath. She's vulnerable. She likes to go deep. She likes to share her feelings. And for whatever reason, that's scary for her mom. And when that part of Kylie really started to come alive, I think that her mom probably got a little triggered, so created a bit of distance, not because she didn't love her daughter, but because she can't access that part inside herself. So it's almost like she doesn't know how to connect to her daughter. It's similar to you can't connect very deeply to someone who doesn't speak your language at all. And Kylie seems to speak a language of intimacy, of vulnerability, of closeness that her mom hasn't been willing to learn quite yet. So some takeaways for you. Stop editing yourself in relationships, especially the ones closest to you. It's okay to rock the boat. As Kylie said, I can love her and be myself. Meaning being myself and speaking authentically doesn't mean I don't love someone. It doesn't give me permission slip to be a jerk. It rather gives me that freedom to be authentic and sovereign. And that in the end is going to make you love people more rather than resent them. Next, no hiding no avoiding, care frontation, speak your truth. And for those of you who relate to this in terms of your parents, you can be their teacher, but don't try to be their teacher. Don't parent your parents. You teach by breaking through a pattern that they passed on. Also, one thing that can give you a lot of freedom in relationship is asking, why did I choose this person? You know, why did I choose this person as my mom or father or for anyone that triggers you? Really ask, what am I learning from this person? And look at all the ways that you are not sovereign. Where are you giving your power away? And sovereignty does not mean being a rebel. It means really taking your power back and not giving other people the power over how you feel your emotions, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your ideas, what you think. Sovereignty actually creates more unity because when we are sovereign and not giving our power away, we're not hooked in to other people. Unity isn't in enmeshment. It isn't in just following what someone else wants us to do. It is being that sovereign, being connected to source knowing everyone is a sovereign being connected to source. And that's where we can unite and come together and really say like, what is for the greatest good of this relationship, this family, this business, this organization, this world. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.